What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, the man, Eddie, your name, Ace Five from the Star Five Podcast. And what I need y'all to do right now is hit up the Star Five Podcast.com. And right on that homepage, click that link that says become a patron. Because for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support this show that you love so much. And also, we have other opportunities within our Patreon account to where you can advertise with us for as little as $10 a month, where we'll shout you out every episode or for $20 a month we will give you a separately recorded advertisement promoting whatever you like and for $40 a month you'll get everything that the $20 tier gets you plus you get to produce a segment on our show so make sure you hit up the starfiveshow.com and hit that patreon link now yeah sound chamber we live in entertainment. Uh, come on. Come on. Hey. Put your hands up. Put your hands up. Start fire. Put your hands up. Sound up for my team. Put your hands up. Sound up for what I mean. This is the tip-off, kick-off, whatever, get it poppin' hot I'm seven signs, six man, and I'm starting five to make him a JP Like Ron and Kyrie, get the latest on the greatest I talk for my team, yeah Sport news on the two, starting the ball like my I need more, so I turn to my boss NBA, NFL, MLB Who do it better than these fellas? You tell me, this the champion team Understand, Mr. Y'all sick of the shine Cause they on the climb, y'all in Carmelo land Need to lay off that la la be barbershop ready Get your info proper from the Beckham that kick goes To the Beckham making one hand grab to the end zone They got it covered, word to the mother I run rap, they run game reporting Danny JP, you on it, how y'all want it, huh? Yeah, bunch What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the Star 5 Podcast. What I need y'all to do now is hit up the starting5podcast.com. That's where you'll be able to find all of our podcast streaming links, our Instagram, our merch link. You can even become a patron right at the front page. And also, you can leave us a voicemail at 929-352-6219, and we'll play your voicemail on the next episode. New episodes released every Thursday. That's right. This is the Starting Five Podcast. I am your boy, the mayor, that DJ named Ace Five. Your mom's favorite fat guy from deepest, darkest Africa. The round mound of the podcast town, a.k.a. Captain Podcast. And I'm here with my brothers as always. First, the old man from... The Willingboro land, South Jersey. I know he heard me because he doesn't have a hearing aid on. And you <laughs> are. <laughs> Still not funny, but that's okay. Yeah, it's your boy, JP. What's going on, everybody out there? And uh, to my brothers, Dan and TJ, what's going on? Hopefully everybody is having themselves a great week and looking forward to it the weekend. Definitely, definitely, well, definitely. Having definitely a great week so far. And the light bright from the North Star was a little <laughs> bit younger than the old brother, old soul brother number one. What's up, what's up? It's the Green Eye Bandit, a.k.a. your favorite Jedi Knight. 
TJ Davis in the building. What's up, fellas? Not much. Chilling, brother. Chilling. That's it. We all good. We all good. And last but not least, immensely special guest. He definitely was on the show in the past. Back when we was live doing this on Blog Talk Radio back in the day. Um, brother to the legend, legendary Benji Wilson. We got Jeff Wilson on the phone with us tonight. What's going on, Jeff? Hey, peace and love, brothers, man. It's on to be, you know, with y'all again, man. Really appreciate it. Definitely, definitely, man. But uh, without further ado, man, we got to just jump right into this news because we want to have a conversation with Jeff. Once we get through our couple pieces of news we got to talk about, we're going to have a conversation with Jeff on the second half of the show. Uh, TJ and I rock it out because JP's, uh, JP's uh, you know, got some old head business to take care of. So we're going to rock out with our homegirl, Summer Willow, from the Ladies Love Hip Hop podcast. We're going to talk about her in the podcast, things she's got coming up. And because this is Women's History Month, we always dedicate at least half of our show to the ladies. This month, we're going to talk to some specific ones individually. As you know, we, as I mentioned, we're going to have Summer Willow from Ladies Love Hip Hop on. You know, she's got a lot of things going on. Uh, we're going to talk about Missy Elliott and the legend that she is. Um, next week, I can announce it now, but next week we're going to have our homie, HHDG family, Nicole Porter, a.k.a. Retro P., She's going to be on to talk about her new production company. So stay tuned for that. And then we got some goodies in store for you for the rest of the month, all dedicated to the women of the world and women doing great things and legends, like how we're going to talk about Missy Elliott tonight. So without further ado, man, let's just jump right into the news. Uh, JP, I know this ain't your favorite team in the world. This is TJ and ours. Jeff, I'm sure you're not a New York Knicks fan. But everybody heard about the nonsense that went down just recently in MSG, Madison Square Garden. Spike Lee was told the way that he's entering the garden for over 28-plus years, you're no longer welcome here, little man. I'm sorry. Exit stays left. Well, you can use our VIP entrance all the way around the corner on 33rd Street. Uh, what's everybody's first thoughts about this this shit that's going on? JP, I'm going to start with you. Um, To me, it's a disgrace. Nobody has been a more loyal fan to the New York Knicks than Spike Lee. I mean, I read a report yesterday. This man's been a fan for, he's had courtside seats for 28 years. If I'm not mistaken, he spent, what, $10 million over the 28 years for those seats? You treat this man whatever he wants. This man is, is paid $10 million for almost 30 years. Are you going to treat this man like this? Charles almost Oakley. 30. Almost 30. For almost, almost 30. For almost, because he, as, as he said on first take, 28 he, years. Actually, he, actually, he actually worked his way down. To those seats, yeah. Well, he's well, he's been there. He's been there for 28 years. He's been a loyal, diehard New York Knicks fan. Even Charles Oakley came out today 
and said the Knicks, the NBA needs to investigate the Knicks because they're treating, they're treating the, the garden like it's a plantation. And you know what they did with Charles Oakley. That was a disgrace. So, I mean, it's just something they have, they have no respect. But hopefully with, these new, with the new regime they got coming in, Steve Stout, um, Leon Rose just got hired yesterday. Maybe brighter days are coming for the Knicks. And James Dolan can stay his behind out of the spotlight. But it's a disgrace to sit up there and treat a man like Spike Lee, a man like this here, who has been a diehard New York Knicks fan like this, man. It's, it's a disgrace. Yeah, definitely. I, I say it is, too. Now, TJ, a couple questions for you before we, uh, we throw it to Jeff on this. Uh, but, um, TJ, I, I, again, being, being just as diehard as Knicks fans, but smarter because we're not spending even hundreds of dollars on going to these games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one question, first question is, is, wasn't there a report that just came out not too long ago that either the Knicks or Dolan parted ways with MSG, or am I wrong? Am I did I did I happen to see the wrong news report? You probably re- you probably read that wrong. Um, there they Dolan has an entertainment group, and that's separate from Madison Square Garden that he's trying to get off the ground, and I think that's where Steve Mills is going to be a part of from this point on, where they do concerts and host events at venues all across the country. Like, they got something big going in Vegas. He got into a bidding war to buy the forum. So that that that's the entertainment part. Maybe he was saying he was going to walk away from the garden in terms of that so he could focus on that aspect of his business. Okay, yeah, no, because I remember seeing some kind of article that uh, that had mentioned something about that, but um, because that that's what led me to thinking, like, wait a second, if if that was the case, and it wasn't like a like I, I mistook it at first, I mistook it by way of, holy shit, James Dolan's finally gonna be gone from the Knicks. I mistook it like that, but I knew it mm. was like no, it was some kind of business dealings that didn't have to do with the Knicks, and so I said maybe that in Spike Lee's case. It's just maybe like a under new management situation. They're not familiar with what he was doing. No, no. What he, what Spike said in his interview because uh, I heard him on um, the Michael K show that uh, James Dolan Dolan has to walk past his seat to leave or to get to his seat every time. And he's and he's like, "Do you speak to him?" He said, "They don't even acknowledge each other, so he don't right. say nothing and, to and him." And he don't and say nothing to Spike. On, and what he said on first take was just like James Dolan walked up to him and said, "Hey, Spike, we need to talk." And he right. said, "Talk about what?" Like he, you know, he made it like talk about what we we right. had nothing to talk about. And like right. it, Jeff, Jeff, I mean, before I get your opinions on this, is like my point of view on this was this: all they had to do to just stop this from being a scene, all they had to do is say, "Hey, Spike." You know, we got some policy changes here. Unfortunately, you can no longer use this elevator. You're well, that was the problem. Now, right, but that's the thing. It's like, yo, you're here now, so you got it this time, but next time, 
please use the VIP entrance over on 33rd. Well, that was the whole problem because they released a press statement saying they told Spike on several occasions that this was an issue, which right, they lied from the said, gate. Right, which Spike said, Spike said no, I didn't get an email. They got my number. I didn't get a phone call, but they sure as right. hell called me when my payments are due. Right. Mm. Right. So, so Jeff, what was your opinions on this when you heard this? Man, you are hitting the head on every cylinder, man, for real. Like, uh, let, well, let this be known, actually, New York Knicks is one of my top five all-time teams of all time. First, always my Chicago Bulls. I mean, both franchises are in a, you know, funk right now. Second is the Lakers, who is the, you know, best in the, in the uh, West right now. But, um, yeah, look at management within what Doyle is going to do next. Because now the sports world, he has a red eyes. Kind of to me, in a light of the former uh, Clippers owner, uh, forget his name now, the racist uh, Clippers owner, Donald Sterling. Yeah, thank you, thank you, brother, Donald Sterling. And um, it's getting to that complexion. Uh, you look at Grace of Charles Oakley. What happened with him? What uh, brother JP really uh, highlighted when he was talking earlier. Uh, and now for the face of your franchise, like how Jack Nicholson is with the Lakers, Spike Lee is for the New York Knicks. I mean, you give people like that a pass, my goodness. And you made a great point of how much money he spent over the years. And I heard Spike even say, too, that, you know, he was there doing the Willis-Reed game, you know. And, you know, he had emotion in his eyes. He was talking today with Stephen A. Smith on uh, first take. I mean, I got a lot of love for Spike. Um. The Knicks are in the funk right now, man. I mean, uh, now this really raises a whole – now it's a first-degree burn now. And and Dolan, the owner, really is now the uh, bad guy in all this. You don't do that to people like that. You know, uh, I've bounced close before, DJ professionally since I was 16. The VIP aspect, they get a pass. I mean, they especially people who are spending money coming to your club or to your franchise spending, well, in this case, $10 million over a period? What? That's, yeah, that's $10 million at least over ten million at least over the last 20. Yeah. And that's that's just on tickets. That's not even talking about food and all the other stuff, jerseys and all the other money you spent on tertiary stuff being at the Garden. You know, oh, my goodness, man. So, I mean, uh, I want to take it right now. I feel that. Doylen, because of this, he's getting a lot of backlash right now. He's going to uh, give Spike a pass, and I think Spike will be back probably this season. He needs a big apology. Maybe Spike is so strong and so, you know, pro-black will, he'll be like, you know what, I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm not coming back this season. But Doylen needs to step up now because he's becoming, I said, that complexion of uh, former late, I mean, uh, Clippers uh, owner uh, Donald Sterling. Yeah. Well, Jim Dolan has been a thorn in our side ever since 1999 when he took over the team from his daddy. He's been – he's and, and I have to specifically mention 1999 because that was the last time we had any true success in the playoffs. That first year of his existence, we've been in the toilet ever since because of his presence, his aura. What I, I was talking to one of the supervisors at my, at, my, at my job today, and what he said is something I've mentioned before, and I still stand by this. If he ain't going to sell a team, 
then he needs to do what he did for the New York Rangers, take himself completely out of the picture. Just say, I got the checkbook. You let me know what needs to be done. He did that for the Rangers. The Rangers started to see success. The Knicks are a different animal, though, man. The Knicks, yeah, the because Knicks. the Knicks are one of the highest grossing teams in all of American sports. So he That's wants a to see everything coming. My thing he is, right? My thing is, Steve Stout knows Spike Lee probably on a personal level. He hasn't reached out to Spike. I mean, this is the guy that's supposed to be controlling the narrative for the PR aspect of something like this. Why didn't he okay. reach out to Spike and say, hey, but you know what? We we need to fix this. Com- that's a conversation we don't know if it was had yet. And two, Steve Stout just got there. Steve Stout just got there. Let him still get his freaking feet wet. Let him piss in. Let him piss in the bed at least one time. Where you know we get that new mattress. <laughs> let him leave. Let him leave his first stain in the bed real quick before you know before he's really diving. I mean, he's gonna have to dive in now because, like you said, just off the hip hop connection alone, he had they 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 know each other before this. They got him. Yes, but Steve but Steve Style just got there. He just got there. But transitioning on from somebody who just got there to somebody who is now out the dough, Mr. 911 is a joke. Flavor Flav Uh-oh. has been fired. <laughs> well, fired, released, whatever. Get up, get, get, get down. Let's see if he finds out if 911 is a joke in his town. Send him mm. cease and desist letters because of, uh, you know, he didn't, He I guess he doesn't believe in Bernie's politics, but so he didn't want to do the um, the Bernie, Bernie Sanders rally. Um, their problems actually stemmed from way before that. A lot of a lot of stuff was talked about as far as um a lot of misperformances and stuff like that. And before I pass it around to the room, I got I have the letter that Public Enemy had uh had had published online just to dispel the rumors of Flavor Flav was being bounced because of the Bernie Sanders rally. Public Public Enemy did not part ways with Flavor Flav over his political views. Flavor has been on suspension since 2016 when he was MIA from the Harry Belafonte benefit in Atlanta, Georgia. So you can't get more blackity black sometimes than Harry Belafonte, but I'm going to keep going. <laughs> that was the last straw for the group. He had previously he had previously missed numerous live gigs from Glastonbury to Canada album recording sessions, and photo shoots. He's always chose to party over work. Public Public Enemy Radio toured Europe and co-headlined with Wu-Tang Clan in May 2019 without flavor. They have also done numerous benefit shows without flavor. While Public Enemy Radio was moving forward, Flavor Flav was starring on the reality show Growing Up Hip Hop New York where an episode featured 
featured his children discussing an intervention and putting him into rehab. It's time to move on, and everyone wishes Flavor well. Signed by yeah. Chuck D, DJ Lord, James Bond, Pop Diesel, Ja. I guess they have the years of when each member just joined the, joined the crew. Yeah. So, Jeff, wow. what was your first thoughts when you heard about this going down? To be honest, another divide and conquer type tactic. You know, no matter what, you know, I have a brother who I haven't spoken to in years, but you know, that's his decision. I want to say that. Like, I love him forever, you know, so. I'm for my brothers, I'm for my people, man, number one, no matter what. You know, uh, I remember the Ray Charles incident in the movie, I don't know if that's true or not, where his, uh, I think, manager named Jeff got him out of money and all that, and, you know, he had to let him go because he was kind of, you know, getting money underneath the table from Ray Charles. You know, um, these are things that destroy us as a people, man. Uh, we have to realize the bigger things at stake, you know. I mean, I'm my brother's keeper, so my my, my brother's going to trust me, you know. He's working for me. He's going to be just as well as I am, you know. Uh, I mean, I remember the Professor Griff suspension when he made the comments about Jews and all that, you know. And they brought him back, you know. I feel it's going to be the same thing. What, what you just read now is really scary. It's where it's like they're saying goodbye to him. That's like they're taking him as a, I don't want to say this, but like a, joke like uh oh dirty bastard like you know i just throw them to the to the dog so to speak man you know like you know it's, you, it's you mentioned you mentioned all... not bad your brother, man. you know this is your brother actually this is let me make another point for you before you say something uh yeah yeah when when, when public enemy was about to be signed because public enemy was my chuck d is one of my top five mcs all time uh he said that, hey, we can't be signed unless you sign Flavor. Never will forget that moment. You know, just imagine Flavor Flav, you know, without public enemy. You know, and I said, I mean, he was just uh, the greatest hype man to ever live is my man Flav. Went on to do the Love, the Love show on VH1 and went to another fame. That's like a nutcase. You know, even though it was some people, you know, it's buffoonery and, you know, cooning, you know, he has an awesome personality. I've always admired the brother. Uh, went to concerts back in the day. Uh, got all the albums. Um, yo, man. <laughs> we got to get through this one. I hope something can be resolved. But it's like they're just throwing flavor away. But I'll never forget that. You know, hey, you can't sign flavor. I mean, you can't sign us without signing flavor. You know, that was what it was back in the day. Now you're letting him go. The one you demanded to be signed with you from the beginning, your start to your rise and fame as the greatest political hip-hop group of all time, you letting this man go, it's something bigger than uh, we're not realizing right now of what they're probably trying to please someone else by getting rid of him. I don't know who pissed too off. You said that, you know, Harry Belafonte is an uh, icon to our to our people. You know, I don't, I don't know if the shows he missed, whatever it may be, but, uh, you know, we need to resolve this. Chuck is a real man. I'll put that out there right now. Watch, I know what he is. He has to reconsider it. I think it's just to show people that he means business. And it's like a, another suspension publicly right now, rather than being a, a uh, in-house suspension that I didn't know that even existed until you said that, brother. So, right. um, uh, in, in some respects, I hope the same, I hope the same thing. I hope maybe it is just a, 
an in-house thing. But and, you know, like you said, you we all we we all kind of are our brothers' keepers. Yeah, well, when it comes to when when it comes to business, though, sometimes you got to make those tough decisions on what's best for business. Right. So and and, yeah. and if 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 Flav if Flav has been hurting your money for years, and then you're talking in this letter as as a family, you're talking about you know you're talking about how his family on a television show was talking about checking in him checking him into rehab. JP, he said, he said, I mean, he said he stopped doing drugs for like ten, ten years. He's been clean for ten years. Right, right, but I, but we don't know. We don't know what else he maybe could be going through. Maybe, maybe, maybe he might have relapsed on something. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah, that's the yeah, he could have He ain't been clean for ten. Yeah. He's been clean for like ten, ten, ten seconds, man. <laughs> like Richard Pryor said, <laughs> I just stopped. How long you stop doing drugs? I just stopped. As yeah. soon as you call. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 JP though, I mean, like, I know how big of a PE fan you are, you know, and with with the letter being written and and you know, flavor throwing the cease and desist at the use of the public enemy name, which I, in, in some respects, I even agreed with him doing that because you know what, he it was him saying, I'm just as much as a, a part of this group as anybody else. I, I, you know, he is, and and he was important. But when you read about his history with missing shows and and doing like you're 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 affecting not just Chuck D because only people are really just discussing Chuck D. You're not just affecting Chuck D's money and Chuck D's business. You're affecting everybody else who is behind the machine that is Public Enemy. Speak your thoughts on that, JP. Uh. <clears throat> Business is business, man. Um, I understand that aspect of it. Um, it's a sad day, though, man. Um, Public Enemy is definitely one of the best, if not the best hip-hop group of all time. It's made the most important political album probably in hip-hop history. It takes a nation of millions. And um, <laughs> it's like Earth with a Fire. Maurice White is like, the leader, Chuck D, but it's like kick, it's like not having Philip Bailey in there, which would be Flavor Flav as your sidekick. Yep. Uh, another yep. thing is too. Another thing is too. We have to remember these cats are getting older now. Um, Chuck is what fifty nine, sixty. Flav is a little older, and hopefully it's not the end of Public Enemy, man. You know, and they they have some type of reconciliation, man, because I think one of the things we can learn from the Kobe Bryant thing, and I'm not even talking about Kobe with his parents, that's that's their personal business, but I'm talking about just life is short, man, and you know, we need to value people while they're here, and um, you know, because you don't want to be the one where oh, we have a bitter feud over something that probably could have been resolved, and we don't, we don't have that, and then somebody's passed on or something like that there and it's unresolved. We we you know, we gotta think about those things. And yeah, Flames has had some problems. Um it's been discussed before about what he's had. I remember years ago I thought Flames should have some discipline with they should have disciplined him years ago with some of the stuff that he 
he did and some of the problems he had. But that should have been in-house. Um, hopefully down the line, these brothers can, can reconcile, man, because, you know, everybody's getting older, man. And, you know, you, you don't, I'm not even going to say the word grave, but, you know, you don't want to get older still holding bitter feelings to people who have been with you for 35, 40, 45 years, most of your life. Right. Right. Because like Jeff said, and just like you said, man, there's, there's a brotherhood behind that. Of course. There definitely is a brother, there's a brotherhood behind that. When you spend so long, you know, like I just got finished listening to uh, yesterday uh, Jamel Hill's podcast, and, and she was talking to Fonte. And even little brother didn't stay too apart for too long. And it was like a it was like a moment like Fonte was talking about how him and Big Pooh, like they were sharing the stage together, get off the stage and just walk their separate ways. But it took something, which unfortunately was Fife's death, for them to pick up the phone and be like, you know what, man, what happened what happened with past is past, you know, they talked it over and it's just like I love you, you're my brother and let's move forward from this. So Hopefully, TJ, hopefully they do have that conversation sometime soon. Yeah, I think part of me sees this as this was a long time coming. Like, you know, how long are you going to carry this man before he does something destructive to himself? You know what I'm saying? It's just like, yo, when when people see Public Enemy and they consistently ask, where's Flav, where's Flav, where's Flav? You get tired of that, you know what I'm saying? And at some point, you got to let these people be themselves. Um, I don't think Chuck wanted to do it personally. I think he wanted Flav to be a part of everything Public Enemy has been. And Flav is a part of Public Enemy. He is uh, uh, an integral part of the group. But when you're not showing up for events and concerts and tours, that's huge, man. How are you not show up for a tour? An entire tour. You're not putting, you know, you're not sacrificing for the sake of the group at this point. When people are doing the same for you, it's not being reciprocated. People are going to feel a way about that. So, um, you know, nobody's knocking Flea for his individual endeavors or what he wants to get done. But, you know, when, when it's time to get back on stage and perform as a group, you need to be there. Because not only the people in the group are expecting to see you, but you have fans as well that want to see you and want to see you on stage rock out. So, you know, you shortchanging them as well. To me, I mean, like, like everybody else says here, you know, you hope it's not a permanent thing and they can work past it. But Flav's got to look in the mirror himself too. You know what I'm saying? You can't just put it all on Chuck. I mean, Chuck made a business decision. At the end of the day, that's all I see it as, as a business decision. And, you know, if Flav gets his act together or if they can come to some term type of terms and and work it out, I'm sure he'll accept Flav back. Like you said, Chuck is a, a man, and he never was one to bite his tongue or, you know, you know, wish ill on anybody, you know, if and not unless it was the establishment, you know, or, or white folks, but... In terms of helping each other out, Chuck is the first first one on the front lines for that. So, I mean, you got to look at it from, you know, both perspectives. And 
Flav ain't in a, in a place or a situation where he really can 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 respond and say, yeah, you know, these people are out to get me. You never heard nobody say that about that in the group. So um, it's just that I think Chuck is cutting his losses at this point. And he's like, yo, listen, whenever you feel ready, you can come back, you know, to come to the table and discuss it. We'll be here. But until then, man, get your shit together. And we'll we'll keep on hustling without you, right? And that's a and that's a situation where when you let go of somebody like that, you gotta tell them it's just like we you know we'll welcome you back with open arms, but you have to change, like right? You have to change. Slave, get your shit together. Basically, you know what I'm saying? Pretty much, you know, but. Great conversation, y'all. With that being said, we just got to take our first break real quick, and then we're going to come back and have a conversation with Jeff Wilson. He's had a lot of stuff going on. Stick around. This is the Star 5 Podcast. Check them out as new episodes are released every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the thestar5podcast.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Starting Five show. Um, right now, we're going to have our special interview with our guest, my good brother, Jeff Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling so far, good brother? Man, I'm just so happy to be in you all's, uh, say, in a sense of spirit and presence, man, right now. Y'all doing a great show. I love the format. I love the feeling. Uh, everything's on point, man. Uh I'm just glad to be a part of it, man. I love y'all, brothers, man. Thank you again for having me on. Um, anytime, good brother. You know that anytime. Um, we're going to get into some stuff here. Um, I guess we can start off with just, I know it's a difficult topic. Yeah, but you people, don't know who I, people don't know who, uh, who really I am and who my brother is. So if I could say it, uh, I'm really, you know, a, a vessel of carrying it. Maybe within my life I can show my talent, but uh, my name is Jeff Wilson, and my brother is the famous one. My brother is uh, the legendary basketball player star out of Simeon High School out of Chicago, Illinois. His name was Ben Wilson. Uh, people close to him called him Benji. And um, my brother uh, was uh, made, made history by becoming the number one high school basketball player, not in the city, not in the state, but in this country. So you think about over 300, I don't know, 30 million children who play the game of basketball at that level. My brother's considered to be, you know, at the future, uh, talent to be seen on the professional level. Uh, back in the season of 84, 85, it happened almost now 36 years ago. Uh, brother had a, a just a great spirit about himself, uh, just really a once-in-a-lifetime type of uh, personality. Unfortunately, uh, on the eve of my brother's um, basketball season, uh, he was confronted by three individuals along with his girlfriend. According to police reports, it was a robbery. It was a fight. Um, my brother was shot twice. My brother died the next day where just not the city mourned, but the nation mourned. And uh, blessedly, still to this day, um, he's... Uh, talked about he's relevant uh people have never heard the story and it's shocking to him hearing about the story as far as the uh impact my brother's life had uh off the basketball court to a more social political views within us as uh what it's called african-american people within the epidemic of 
uh, crime amongst ourselves. So uh, my brother's life has, you know, as far as basketball player, has definitely transcended into the culture of, uh, say, life of us trying to get along with one another, uh, uh, bringing awareness to uh, stopping violence amongst our, uh, you know, ourselves. Uh, really, really deep topic, but I just want people to know that. Uh, ESPN, of course, did the doc, you know, 30-30 back in 2012, and it's another doc that happened in 2009. And uh, um, another documentary now, what I've found out, is going to take place again, a brand-new documentary where my brother Anthony and I, who I commend so much, I wish he was on the uh, air tonight to talk as well, too, but, he's, you know, he's busy. Uh, we're both busy. Actually, I have to go to... Uh, duty by another uh, hour, actually, but you know that can wait. <laughs> you all are more important right now. Um, um, it's called "Both Sides of the Gun: A Reconciliation." Uh, we confronted the man who took my brother's life, and I tell you, that's been the anger has been in me for thirty-four years because I met him the first time, two thousand eighteen, November twentieth, the day of my brother's being shot this is when we met this man actually that's when the uh video of the deep the new documentary was actually done i didn't i didn't know that but they make it to a documentary where we confronted this man to uh have some unanswered questions uh some feelings some hardcore you know uh you know feelings that i had to express to him and there were some undertones that I didn't really like too much about it, but uh, I had to do the will of number one, the Heavenly Father, and uh, I've definitely done it for the sake that I'm tired of us murdering each other. And I know there's higher things of con- of uh, consequences that people can actually illustrate within. Well, what you did is nothing; it's still going to be going on. Well, it's need- it-, it needs to be seen. So, if my brother's life is the greatness of who he is, as well as my mother's life, who actually I could say died the same way in a way of pain and hurt. My mom died very young. My mom was only 63 years old, 63. So, you know, uh, that's another story, you know, but um, someone had to do it. And it took years and years and years of all that pain and counseling and uh, talking to my uh, Kohane, my pastor, and other great leaders and people. Uh, I talked to... Uh, Prince Aziel, who's an ambassador for uh, the Hebrew Israelite nation here in the nation of the United States. And uh, he's brought Stevie Wonder and Whitney Houston to uh, Israel and all. You know, he really just commended me for what I decided to do. My pastor, Dr. Eliyah, he counseled me, and as well as from before, my mother counseling me on it until the day she actually died. I mean, uh, one of the things my mom said in her last words on this earth, on her dying bed, was, I want you to find the strength to forgive mm. the individual who took Benji's life. Mm. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to do that, mom, because that's always been the anger I held on to to kind of give me an edge on things. You know, like, uh, if it's anything I've done in my life, I also felt that was kind of holding me back, too. You know, anger causes health problems to the body. Right, and I realized that I got a lot of health problems. I'm, I'm, I'm great, but it was things that I didn't have to go through that could have been worse for me. That I'm actually paying for now since I let it go. 
So let go and let the most high, or they say God, as they say. You know, um, but uh, that's going to be coming uh, soon. So I need you all support. I'm still trying to work on a uh, major motion picture. Uh, people don't know who my brother really is. You know, uh, that's the ultimate right there. I mean, there's other things that's trying to be stepped on now within other, you know, milestones within his legacy that has been going on now for 30 plus odd years. If it's not a newspaper article or magazine article or being mentioned in the uh, sporting uh, events of now the NBA, like uh, Common is my brother. Uh, I call him Brother Rashid. You know, the Western world calls him Common as far as his stage name. Uh, throughout his career, he's always paid homage to my brother within some of his songs. Uh, yes. Yes, especially yeah. the song, song Black Baby, man. I mean, that whole Crazy. second verse is about you, brother. Right? Because I heard it off I knew who he was talking about. I knew yeah. who he was talking about. But, uh, right. but I had to ask TJ, do you have any questions here for Brother Jeff? I'm sorry. Yeah, I went off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, I mean, that is amazing uh, to, to, to weather all of that and and still be i mean mentally that had to be so hard to even face that man as like were you sitting across from him when you spoke to him like what was going through your mind at that time when you saw him yeah i want to give love to charles johnson too he's responsible for being another brother a great businessman um to to help keep the legacy going as far as what you know, we talked about for years and years and years as far as what, you know, we're trying to do through through my vision. You know, I started doing this back in 98. Nobody gave a damn about Benji anymore. You know, he was still great as far as Chicago, and it was honorably within Scoop Jackson, too, for his national thing he did. But people really forgot about my, my brother, man. You know, it kind of hurt me in a way. Um, but I'm sorry. Can you tell hmm. me a question? Sorry. I was just saying, when, when you finally got to speak to – to the person that oh. committed this this act, um, oh, that was, what was going through your mind at your time? Like, I mean, there's so many emotions that got to be running through because you actually get to speak to this person face to face. That that had to be tough. Preparation was prayer for just not for that day, but for years. Okay, preparation right. was prayer. Preparation was. You know, you've already won. I got this in the book. I'm actually giving some things out in the book, how I wrote. But the Spirit was telling me, you know, you already won. You know, I know what he was going to say. I know what he's going to feel. And mm -hmm. uh, it, it, it's definitely true how a criminal thinks, despite what he says. But, mm -hmm. again, I'm going to have to show the examples of the Heavenly Father as well as my beautiful mother, Mary Wilson. Who pushed mm -hmm. this in us for years and years and years? I like I said, my mom died young. My mom's only sixty-three years of age. I know she's three years old who's, who's, who's jerking better than twenty-year-old. Right. <laughs> so you know, my mom died young, and um, it was the preparation, but it was such a hard thing because I felt a vibration of really, it's no big deal in his eye. You know, and mm. that's the sad thing. You know, if it was me, I couldn't even. I'll ask for a death penalty if it was me because I I, I follow, I, I feel the right spirit of of, of living. You, you know? don't think he felt any remorse at all? 
for his actions? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna share this with the world too. He never came to me and says, Jeff Wilson, I'm I I hope you accept my 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 feelings on murdering your brother. He never said, you know, I apologize. He said it in a wow. generic uh wide span, like to the world, you know, um I'm sorry for killing Ben Wilson, you know, uh he he's he had his very just a very dusty It didn't feel genuine. Filthy, it didn't feel genuine. Uh, a very dusty, filthy way of it. And again, you know, I had to represent on a higher plane to release this demon of anger that was destroying me for so many years. And it's going to bring about, I feel, a change within our people, man. Uh, now, for what people are telling me, you know, people have been calling me and like, you know, what you've done. I'm like, really? You know, I'm very humble and say modest in that sense, but uh, I did it for really me because it was killing me for all these years. Right. You know, I could I probably could have been six six like my brother Anthony. You know, I'm the shortest boy. You know, stress kills things in your body. I was going through mm-hmm. it for years. Even even in relationships, that anger sparks in his face. It's like seeing a monster. It's like seeing, you know, in a fictional world like Freddy Krueger or uh, you know, Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees, for real, man. So I had to really let that anger go so I could live. And the father says, hey, in Romans twelve nineteen, do not reward evil for evil. Vengeance is mine, says the Most High. I will repay. So that sealed it for me there within the counseling of my mother since I was 12, 13 years old, from people that I've mentioned, uh, other athletes, uh, mentors, uh, I've uh, been talking to for years, uh, some of Benji's uh, fans. Uh, I haven't really talked to any of Benji's teammates, which is kind of, you know, heartfelt in a way. You know, I think mm-hmm. they are still in pain over it for so many years. I mean, we just lost actually one of Benji's teammates, Kenny Allen, off the 1984 championship team. He died back actually around the same time Benji died in November of last year. So that was another pain for, for me as well, too, because I couldn't, you know, I I couldn't make the services, but Kenny, you know, was a big brother to me. Uh, so I, I mean, a lot of people hey, still are heartfelt about that. I, I think the same brother, with brother Kobe Bryant's death. We're gonna feel in that way as far as the rest of our lives too. You know. Okay. Yeah. Hey, brother, I got a I got a question for you. Sure. Um, I hope I'm not out of line for saying this. But uh, Brother Kenny Allen, the one that, that just passed away, was he the one that – I remember they said it was a player back that in the day. Him. You already that know. That, that is him. He was off the grave all the time after Benji died, <laughs> uh, at the <laughs> crib. I mean, he took it so hard, man. TJ and Dan. Yeah. and Dan, this guy, Kenny Allen, it affected him so bad that he went to the grave every day for 20 years. Wow. That's how bad it affected him. You know, That's this, and, and, and I'm going to say it, and I'm, I'm going to say it, this idiot, this monster, destroyed not only a family, but also, I want to say, destroyed the city of Chicago. But you know, I'm going to say something right before you say anything else. You know, we still got to pray for him. Seriously, we still got to pray for people like that, man. You know, again, you know, Michelle Obama, we talk about Ladies Week, this Women's Week this month, I mean, this month, 
Michelle Obama mm-hmm. made one of those awesome statements, you know, they go low, we go high. Hallelujah. So that's the route we have to take. I can't let this pay me no more, man. I feel so much better. Like I said, I wanna I wanna do comedy. You know, I wanna I wanna I wanna laugh, man. I wanna I wanna have fun. Yeah. I, it's understandable. I've been understandable. the hardest person, one of the most I wasn't have been difficult, but you could tell it was something wrong with me. That's that's the pain, that's the anger. It can it can kill you. I can't have this kill me. I've seen what it no, does to other people. If you need if you need a comedy if you need a comedy suggestion, Jeff, check out this guy named Greer Barnes. You might you might burst your kidney laughing so damn hard at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but for me to for me to chime in, man, is again, as we spoke pre-show about this, man. I all I can say is 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 a moment like this is is powerful. And in your city, you know, we we all understand the turmoil and stuff that goes down in your city, you know. And this is something that could potentially be life-changing for many, especially if if this can be a tool to – I mean, one, it'll be a tool to educate the youth on who your brother was and, and, again, much of – how much of a legend he was, not just for the city, but as you mentioned, nationally, as they said in the, on the 30 for 30 about your brother, when he said, he went out there and said, I don't want to be just the best player in Chicago. I'm going to come back and be the best player in the country and did that. One is an inspiration story. Two, just taken from you and your brother's perspective, uh, uh, people can get a perspective on on healing past when somebody is done wrong. So I, again, I give you and your family much love and props for being. I, and I have to say, being a stronger individual than I could individuals that I could ever be. But also, too, if you're not in those shoes, it's kind of kind of hard for me or us to say what we would do. And, and it, again, it's, I commend you, you, your family, for the strength. And like you said, the stress thing. Stress is a killer. Yes, it I is. Just, I, I, mean, I personally, I had so much stresses on myself. I lost a bunch of weight. And, I, you know, I just didn't eat the same, but Stress had brought me down to a level where I was almost about to say bye bye to this planet, leaving mm-hmm. three kids and a, leaving three kids and a wife behind. <clears throat> so for you to utilize this moment, yeah, 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 I'm not even really asking a question. I'm more praising you because you to utilize this moment and use it for strengthening, and not just strength of your, your inner spirit to let this to, to let this go and begin the healing process that way. Physically, to begin the healing process of your body and, and in a way, reversing, reversing some ailments you've uh, occurred due to this stress. I, I, man, I, all I can do, man, is, is I can commend you. And if we was in recent right now, I'd reach over and give you a, bro, a, a real brotherly hug and say, you, you, you know, you're the fucking man for this. Like, because it's 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 
though it's one of the roughest things that any family could ever go through, especially your mother, rest easy to her, to, to have a, 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 a child go before you, it's, it's tough. And y'all made it to this moment in time where you was able to confront this person, which I got to say is fucked up for him to give. I mean, I get it for remorse purposes. He gave the blanket statement, but at least off cameras, he should have approached you guys and be like, you know, I'm truly genuinely sorry. Yeah. But you said he didn't do that. So it, Hey, Jeff, I, 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 hey, Dan, real quick. Yeah, JP, my bad. I just wanted to give my love, man. That was it's deep. Jeff, if you don't mind, tell them what Billy Moore said after you met with him. What, what he actually said. You mean when we met on the 13th with uh, Arnie Duncan and Common? Yeah, after what he tell him what he said after the thing was over. Actually, what he said we're doing an interview with somebody else. I do believe, right? What he said. Um. Well, the first interview uh, after the event we had, um, someone recorded it for me on the news here in the city of Chicago, where I reside now. Um, uh, it was actually another show that he did. And he did not address Benji's murder because he's part of another organization. But describing what he's what he did as far as the murder, he said that uh, you know this was uh, just yeah, everybody just super angry. He said that he felt that he did not belong in jail for what he did. Wow. He they should have that, that, put him back in jail after a comment like that. Yeah, that's insane. That, yeah, he said that. Um, he said that uh, since he was 16, just lost his father. He needed counseling. He needed guidance. Needed comfort and care, not to be uh, put in uh, prison. Uh, I, I tell you something. What does one have to do with the other? For anybody that's listening tonight, uh, when the, the time of the age of 13 is when we start to become men. And from ages time we're born from one to twelve, we have to be raised as men. That's why a man is needed in the household. I commend some women, but a woman cannot be a man. And only a real man can teach that man, that young boy, the life lessons where they don't make mistakes like that. You know, I have friends who are Italian, Greek, you know, Polish, Irish, and you know, it's like I hang out with them. It's like, man, I, I tell them it's like. It's a damn shame that I can't go back to my hood and my people can, can, can be like this. There's only a few people that I know, like Brother JP and I are probably chill out all night. I think we all do the same thing. But it's like this enmity within our own people that we can't vibe and live together, man. Mm. That's, the most, that's scary. I mean, Ma, I'm supposed to trust you with my life, according to the scripture. You're supposed to love your brother as yourself and... Forgive your brother of anything that he does. They ask, you know, uh, Savior, how many times? You know, Peter asked Savior, how many times do I forgive my brother? Seventy times seven, the most high son said. I mean, man, we, we do that. And I'm shooting this in the, in, the, in the process. Man, I mean, you know, so we have to just grow spiritually, man. I think it's, I don't think I know it's more of a spiritual connection with us to rise as a people, especially at the times and that we're living in now. You know, uh, we're the elders of the generations to come now. 
You know, I'm happy to be 46 years old. I'm, it's a blessing to be 46 years old because my brother died at 17. My other brother died at four. You know, I lost two brothers. My, my oldest brother died when he was 40. And I lost a dear friend whose birthday actually is next week. He would have been 47. He died when he was 23. You know, uh, little homies I knew, 18, 17-year-old dying, going to funerals all the time, man. You know, uh, so I'm blessed to be here. And I'm blessed to understand that at those ages, I didn't know nothing. This is a sweet time for us, man. It is so sweet being yeah. older. I, can't, I, I, want to, I want to see 20, 30 more years. Yeah, I, I agree with you. you I'm, know, I'm with you on that. Chicago, who are 18, 20 years old, who are planning their funerals, man. That's what I'm trying hmm. to let the people know. Like, you all live in a illusional death. They're probably planning your funeral at 20 years old. You know, life is about living. The father said that, you know, if you do my commandments right, you don't have to see death. That's, that's the most powerful, most powerful things of prophecy I've ever heard in my life. And I look at the old folks that I work with at my job and all. I met one man, 98, laughed. He looked 25 years younger than his age, man. I'm serious, you know. And hmm. he believed in the, 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 the scriptures and, you know, and, living, you know, clean life, you know, talk about the mistakes he made, just sharp as a tack. 98 years old, you know. I met a lot of people like this, man. So, I mean, there's a beauty within being older. I mean, my mm-hmm. uncle was 77. There's a beauty. I want young kids to understand that. You know, it's a beauty within being older. You know, um, it's, it's this um, uh, David Chappelle had a show about him getting the John, sorry, the Mark Twain Award. And his mother said, be a guapo or something like that. That's like a person, an elder who is like a library of wisdom and information. And if one of them died, you know, then it's like a, 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 gener- a generation dies, uh, a, a people dies, even at that old age. So the older you are, the sweeter. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I want and I need and I pray that every young child can look at what maybe, I, I pray it's an example, you know, that's yet to be seen. I mean, you gave me love. I appreciate that. But I want them to realize, you know, hey, it's a life to be lived. The longevity is beauty. And I want to be here to help people and see the beauty of life. You know, I want to see how the sun looks from the time I was 10 to how the sun looks when I'm 70, you know. I want to see how the grass looks differently from and how the animals still act and how, you know, it's about the beauty and the gift of life. And you know, I know I couldn't, I, I couldn't have got there without letting this go. Because I mean, like you said, I could, you could have left this planet the same as well as I too. Yeah, man, and that, that's that's deep as hell right there too. And like to what you were just saying, as far as seeing like love and in elderness, like JP knows specifically, he met my great aunt on like a pass by when we was going to a. Uh, the full course 21 tournament uh, two years ago. Uh, you know, he parked, we parked, he, he parked his car by my aunt's house. I picked him up from over there, but my great aunt came outside. But, you know, I rang the bell because I was there. And as JP said, remember, she told him, you know, it's like, hey, if you ever in town, you could come by and stop by and say hello and this, that, and the third. Like, he's yeah. seen what the matriarch of my family 
uh, is in display and love. And that's, that's how my family has gotten down. And I wish not everybody has that kind of, kind of, uh, of upbringing or, or symbol in their family to deliver that. And so, yeah, let's, I mean, let's stick around all of us here. And I'm the, I'm the younger one here. You just said you had a friend that would have been 40. Now I just turned 40 and I struggled and climbed through my dark place to say, and I've said this to myself on numerous occasions while I was in my dark place. Like I want to be around here to be called pop up too. Hallelujah. You know, and and I'm not I'm not a man of the scripture like you guys are, like you and JP are. I'm not. I I'm married to a Pentecostal Christian. I choose not to believe in the higher power situation, but I've always moved good. But I defend mine. But I've always moved with a good heart and, and good spirit, unless you fucking me over. And. Just a, one more point because we got we gotta we gotta move on definitely, man. And I appreciate you for giving us your time. Um, oh, yeah. you you hey, don't, no matter what you are, you're still my brother. I still love you. So yes. remember that. Yes, yes, and we definitely love Just you too, Jeff. We got you know saying the divide and conquer thing. I'm Muslim, whoever. You're still my <laughs> brother. Even Sister said you still love the uh, the the Egyptians the same way as your brother. So you know. Mm-hmm. Well. When they, when that guy said, "I don't, I don't, I don't deserve, I don't believe I deserve to be in jail," I, I, how recent did he say that? How recently did he say that? Yeah, uh, about a week and a half ago. This is that. See that? Just so, 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 right so, into my, so, I'm sorry. Right into so, the point. All Star game was the fourteenth uh, to the sixteenth, right? It was okay, so he just said it Friday. then. It was, it was the 14th of last month when he said that. That so was, to me, to me, that was a reaction of the, the the days and times that we live in now. We didn't live in the same times that we do now then. To where then you committed your crime, you was going to jail. We're in a different time now where people want rehabilitation. They don't want certain certain types of jail sentences, especially for us people of color. He looked at what he did back then in the 80s in a 2020 lens. He he couldn't have done, he couldn't do that. He shouldn't have done that. And this, I just wanted to say that, I had to say that point there because he was dead wrong for that. And that's, that was a damn shame. And that's, unfortunately, it's embarrassing. But again, so because we got to move on, man. So we want to give you the opportunity to give your final shout outs. Um, and JP, thank you once again for keeping us in contact with Jeff. Uh, I, I think you're on my Facebook page, Jeff. If not, you can reach out to me whenever. And with whatever projects you got going on, man, don't ever be afraid if you need our help to reach out to us, man. Like if, if we, have the the means or or whatever to be able to even get to Chicago. I'm down to make the trip. As long as it's you know, you know, history, history. You know, I feel my brother can't rest. They say rest in peace, but I feel I'm gonna tell you like this: what James Brown did as far as like promoting like one of the biggest shows ever in the history of life. You know, I'm gonna need y'all. I mean, the goal is movie. So 
a lot of people don't know about the legacy of Benji and, you know, my brother Ben. So, I mean, I, I just, man, I, I just need y'all support with spreading the word, uh, the book coming out soon that we're, that I'm, that I'm doing. And of course the, uh, the, uh, the documentary, the new documentary is coming out uh, nationwide, world, worldwide. It's called uh, Both Sides of the Gun. Um, Arnie Duncan, who is uh, the former uh, uh, Secretary of Education appointed by President Obama, he was part of the uh, team of doing this as well, too. So uh, Mr. Mr. Bilal, who's part of the uh, IMAN group, uh, the inter, the, I, I don't know what it stands for, the Inner City Muslim Net Action Network, I think it's called. Uh, he's that's the organization that the uh, Mr. Moore, who took my brother's life, he's part of that organization, uh, helping people out of prison get construction jobs and stuff like that. So um, he's on a, he's on a documentary, uh, as well as my brother Anthony or Wilson. He's uh, you know representing strong there, and of course Mr. Charles Johnson, who is our uh, manager and uh, help carrier within the legacy of my brother Benji. So, and as well as my mother, Mary Wilson as well, too. So cool, man. Well, please, please, please send me all the information, whatever you got. So I can record re commercials and stuff to you that I could play on the podcast and, you know, whatever images you got, I, I want to put it up on the Instagram, you know, even, even if it's up to, making a page on our website, man. Like, you got that from us. You got that from us. But, again, man, like, if it's, if you need us for some shit to travel, give us a reason to take time away from where we at to come through, and we'll come through. And, side note, if my wife's goal works right, when I retire in the next six and a half years, I might be a fellow resident of Chicago. So, one way or another, we will connect. So, big up to you, big up to your family. Thank you again, JP. Final shout-outs for you, Jeff, and then we got to move on. We're going to take another break, and then we got to move on to the other last half of the show with our homegirl, Summer Willow, where we show love to the women during Women's History Month. Yeah, Jeff, give your final shout-outs and all that. Always praise for the most high for giving us the ability, that prayer, the air that we breathe to be here. Our parents, our, our relatives who have helped us along the way. Uh, I want to say love my brother Anthony. Love him a lot. Um, my brother Curtis, even though we don't speak, love him too. He's the the uh, legendary, iconic fire of manhood is our brother Curtis. Uh, the spirit of my brother Brumette, spirit of my beautiful mother, my beautiful father, um, extended family. The lady in my life who stuck by me, um, fans around the world, throughout the country, you know about the legacy of Ben Wilson. Uh, we need your support. Thank you. And you all here, you know, the starting five. Love y'all, brothers, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, sir. Love you back, brother. Thank you for being part of the show tonight, man. Appreciate it. Yes, Thank definitely. You. Once again, all love. Love you. Love to your family and all that. And stick around, y'all. We'll be back on the other side.
What up, y'all? Thank y'all for sticking it out once again. This is the starting five. Now, on this part of the show, with my man TJ, we have a special guest. This woman is out of the city of Philadelphia, former musician, daughter to a legendary musician, but most importantly to us, host of the Ladies Love Hip Hop Podcast. Give it up for Summer Willow. What's going on, Summer? Hey, how are you? What's up, the mayor? <laughs> chilling, 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 chilling. Say what's up to a boy, TJ. And last time we spoke podcast-wise, uh, TJ wasn't around yet, but TJ is the newest member to the starting five team. Hey, hey, hey. How you doing? Hey, TJ. Pleasure meeting you this evening. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Let's talk some stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So first stuff, first stuff we got to talk about is the podcast. You finally, and I'm saying finally, came back. <laughs> after after a little while, but <laughs> I, I personally know that there was some readjusting that had to go on. Um, mm-hmm. But um, give the people a little bit of, of what your podcast is about. Um, what should we be expecting soon also? So I run a podcast called Ladies Love Hip Hop. That's L-U-V. And you can find me on SoundCloud and iTunes and I'm Looking forward to joining a few more platforms over this coming month. Um, but Ladies Love Hip Hop is a podcast dedicated to the culture, to rap records, to DJs, MCs, producers, janitors, you know, anybody who touches hip hop and loves it. It's not about just the ladies as a part of it. I'm not one of those, you know, you know I love being a woman, but... Um, you know, hip hop is all inclusive. So I just like to talk about about hip hop and introduce folks to artists that I love. So that's that's what I do. That's what I do. And what's coming up is I don't know what you're alluding to there, Mr. Mayor, but uh I don't know I don't know too, don't know too much in advance. You haven't let me know much in advance. Yes. Well, I will say that um Ladies Love Hip Hop is rebranding at this time. I'm going to be releasing some new merch that I think everybody's going to love, including the gentlemen. Um, And I'm also working on my first Ladies Love Hip Hop concert or show um, featuring some of my favorite guests. And I have some really, you know, dope ideas about how to bring this show to life. So I'm really excited about working on that. See, now I did hear you mentioning that before, but that was in the previous iteration of the podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, dope idea. Way to get the way to get more people to plug in and tune into your uh, to your show. And uh, yeah, I mean, again, having a, a a live personal fan base that comes through and supports is key and is huge. And, and it's something we still fighting for over here, but. It is what it is. I've kind of stopped complaining about that and just do what we do. So definitely congratulations. Much success to that when it comes along. Thank um, you. Thank you. Who are some of the guests that in 
in recent times or just throughout the show's history that you guys have interviewed? Um, let's see. I have interviewed the likes of uh, Mr. Del P, Mr. Tracy Lee, Miss Bahamadia, Lady B, uh, um, Next Malin, um, uh, who else? Oh my God, the list goes on and on. I've interviewed, uh, one of my favorite interviews was with DJ Black the Ninth Man, uh, Philadelphia, crazy, crazy spinner. Um, I mean, Tammy Jean, um, and, and the lineup that I have for the coming months is, is kind of crazy. I'm gonna be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Good, good, good. Well, I I know I plan to be in that lineup somewhere along the way, but I'm not as famous as um, the names. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Let me not forget, you've already been on my show with the Black Tribbles, and yes, I have. you know the Starting Five crew was in the building, and we had so much fun talking junk about Black movies and hip hop. Yeah, twice. So, twice. Um, I mean. Twice. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've interviewed it. You know what the crazy thing is? Um, people are still like getting a whiff of what I'm doing and it's like, Oh yeah, you got a podcast. And it's like, he is like a couple years old, but thanks. Um, but the, (laughs) the idea that folks, when they come on the show, you know, I, I, I try to follow the mantra of leaving folks better than when I, the way I found them. And um, everybody has been on my show, I can say with um, a follower of the show, shout out to Zilla Rocca, my boy boy, um, but is a follower of the show and really, you know, embraces me, embraces my love for hip hop you know, introduces me to some of their awesome, you know, friends in the, in the business. And, 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 you know, I feel like I have a very solid following. I don't care about numbers. I just care about, you know, being able to touch people. So it's, it's been a journey that I love. That's, and that's a beautiful thing because I can tell you firsthand is with the ups and downs of this podcast and the five years that I've been at podcasting, trying to get uh, just a hardcore base and following has been difficult. There's like a solid six that I that I could say that like weekly are dedicated listeners. Um, even with changing platforms, uh-huh. I change I change platforms with for us from SoundCloud to Anchor. But the spins, even though it might be six, eleven, twelve, which to me it sucks because it's not good enough. But the, the, the listeners still feel more genuine than being on SoundCloud where we was maybe getting 40, 50, 60 plays an episode, but SoundCloud, there's so many bots on there, it didn't feel real. Right. So, I mean, you're you <laughs> right. go, you going in with the notion and, and the, the mind state of, you know what, if, it, if they, you know, real, you know, real recognizes real. And and for what yes. you what you do what you've done over the years, yes, the real definitely recognizes the real. Like when I dropped your name to um, Tracy Lee when uh, we hooked up in D.C. when we hosted his uh, album release party, we got to hear the album. I got to hear the album maybe 
a week before the album was supposed to drop, but then we was listening to it on the way down. Okay. Actually, no. I heard it. Um, I actually heard it almost a week before the event, which the event was almost a month before the album was supposed to drop. And uh, yeah, I told uh-huh. you about, I told you about the event, you know. But when I dropped my name, dropped you. He was just all love and praise to you, um, and your you know, and your former co-host. Shout outs to her also. No, no, no. But um, absolutely. But uh, but yeah, again, just to have a core following that that, that sticks with you mm-hmm. and sticks with what you do is amazing. Thing. But thank you, thank you. We also brought you on here because this is Women's History Month, and as y'all know. If you stick around with us, this is TJ's first go-around with us during this month. We always dedicate our episodes each and every week to women. And we mm-hmm. try to bring on you know, women friends of ours who are doing anything. Like next week, we got our friend um, Nicole Porter, a.k.a. Retro P, coming on. She just started. Okay. A, a production label. So that's another connection that you're going to have to make. But she lives in Indiana, so you know, if you do the Skyping or some other way to, rec- you know, interview, you know, listen to us next week. We're going to check her out with Porterhouse Records, with Porterhouse Productions. They got some okay. good stuff coming on. I'm going to try to see if I can squeeze in a couple others for the end of the month. But every week, we just dis- we dedicate something towards women. And this week, you being a lady that loves hip-hop, we're yes. talking about a lady that exemplifies hip-hop, pop culture, uh, all-around genius, musical genius, uh, several-time award winner, uh, you know, writing credits out the ass, just all-around bad. I mean, wore a garbage shoot, garbage bag suit in the video and killed it. <laughs> yeah. And killed it. We're talking about the yeah. one Missy, Mr. Mina, formerly known as Mr. Mina Elliott. Um, mm-hmm. Missy, who is from Portsmouth, Virginia. Mm-hmm. 48 years old, legendary producer, songwriter, dancer. Um, came up with the likes of people like Timberland, Pharrell. I mean, Pharrell being just from VA and being an influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't forget Magoo or Magan Oo, however he No! <laughs> You know, but we I mean, can't forget. Yes. We can't forget if you we want to. Yeah, that's that's fine. If we can't forget. You can, you can, you know, you can not mention that's up to you. But, but he was, he was a part of it. He was a part of it back in the day. But yeah, I mean, genuine and Aaliyah, right? They were all down with the same crew. Yep. 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 So summer, you being the guest, what has been mm-hmm. your thoughts on? As I'm reading her real name, Melissa Missy. And mm-hmm. Elliot. <laughs> yeah, she has a cool name. That's one reason why I like her. Um, you know what? Missy doesn't get as much of the flowers that she deserves. Um, and I'm not 100% sure why. But I think that she is one of the most genius creators of music. Um, of our time she is definitely not like everybody else um she has her own style she's not afraid to show it and she's 
pretty much created a lane of her own. People tried to get in it, but you just can't. I think people pretty much resigned to just like, I need a Missy joint versus like, I'm going to try to outdo or be like Missy. It's kind of like you you just want to be a part of um, her sound. And she's also influenced style a lot. I mean, she really went crazy sideways with the trash bag. And, you know, that trash bag evolved into several shiny suits that Missy would wear, you know, on interviews. And I'm sorry, in videos, but um, I just think that her song, her ability to be her authentic self is why she's a game changer. Right, right. Yeah, true indeed. Because I, I, I mean, the finger waves, the color hair. Uh, the big lipsticks, you know, uh, it's, it's it, again, and then too, for being what was perceived as a big girl with the dance moves that she had. Yeah. Like, very, very, and it, it, it's not truly even, I mean, it's, I, I wanted to say innovative, but it's not really innovative. It was more uh, revolutionary, if you want to say, at the time, because. The only time you really caught women dancing in videos was more or less in R&B videos or background dancers in hip-hop videos, not the lead choreographer in a rap song. Mm-hmm. And then yep. the, and the, the way, you know, the way her confidence exuded over records and, and just the, the, the overall, I, I, the overall just presence, like she had a presence about her that was just like, it, she had that, that like, if she was in the room, like, you knew she was there, whether she was there or not, with all of her five-foot-two frame. Like, the presence probably was bigger than the room. TJ. Yes. Um, in ter- she's just been phenomenal. Um, in terms of, like, her videos, I think she's, like, the only rival could could be what Busta Rhymes did with his video. She was like the female version of that with the extravagance of all the background characters and all the moving parts going on in her videos and stuff like that, which made the visuals even more exciting to go with the song she had put out. Um, She was such a huge presence behind the scenes before she even came out of her own as well, being a songwriter, you know, creating groups. I mean, she practically uh, started that group 702 uh, and did most of the majority of writing for them. She did writing for Aaliyah. I mean, genuine to help. She helped so many people and touched so many people. And as far as producing, I was watching a show uh, with Timberland, and she, he said they were they were just two uh, animals of the same you know kind because they would just live in the studio for hours and hours working on production and make sure it was right and tight. So. I mean, the woman is extremely focused, extremely smart. I think she's more of an introvert, though, personally. Like, she doesn't really put herself out there like that. So, I mean, to the only real people, no Missy, are the ones behind the scenes. I mean, for all her out, outside braggadocious videos and extravagance, she's really not that person behind the scenes. So it's a it's a it's a wild contrast between the two people in terms of what she does as a performer and what she does personally. So I like that. I mean she balances that well. Um and she mm-hmm. she she reigned over R and B and hip hop, which is 
very hard to do for a female on top of that hard to do and you can throw a joint on it her joint on in any club right now or any party and it's going to be turned up i mean that's just the type of music when you hear a missy song you're happy you know you're moving to it it's just she's got a vibe she's got a vibe and it's not like a silly vibe or anything like that it's not coming off as corny either it's like a legit party vibe and she she's been solid and you know She's been holding it down for what, like over 20 years now? I mean, the the woman is strong. She's She's got awards. Yeah, I mean, she's got awards to back it up. She's got people in the industry to back it up. She writes for every and anybody, whoever needs her services, it gets done. So, I mean, there's not much you you can't say about Missy that she, of her accomplishments, it speaks for itself. I mean, she's got the hardware to prove it. Right. Well, like like looking over yep. a list of some of her accomplishments now, it's like it's a lot of a lot of uh, video awards, like best video, best music video, um, best collaboration, best female hip hop artist, best female rap solo artist, uh, best collab duo, best rap solo performance, best dance video, best hip hop act. I'm just the list goes on and on and on. I didn't give specific names from where they were from what years but she's just won a numerous amount numerous numerous amounts of i mean she was on a she was on a tour with alicia keys and beyonce they all did when they were doing their tour together and i think she was like the opening act and she was crushing it which made it harder for alicia keys to come on after that and then beyonce to close the show that's heavyweights right there and she was crushing it on a nightly basis i remember my mother and sister going to see it and they she had the crowd so charged that when Alicia Keys came on it's like came down a little bit because she had everybody hype. I mean, she could hold her own against anybody in the game right now. Yeah. Regardless. But it's not a, definitely it's not a, but it's not a competition thing, nor it's ever really been a competition. True. On the competitive side summer, even though I just said it's not competition, but we never hear about her, and this is the question I wanted to ask, is we never hear about her in anybody's top MC lists. She is recognized as a rapper. You know, there's no doubts about that. She is yeah. recognized as hip-hop. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Uh, we know her mm-hmm. stamp is certified in the R&B world, in the songwriting world. But mm-hmm. for what she's done, I forgot what song I was listening to on the radio, and I was just like, you know what? I love this track, but she ain't saying shit. And ain't nothing wrong with that. But it's just like, well, man, we never hear her in that greatest. We hear her maybe in the, the greatest. Well, you know what? I'll save that question. But go ahead. Yeah. as far as the greatest rapper, like we don't hear her in those lists. Well, I mean, if if we could all be honest, she's not the greatest rapper, right? And and here's the thing, it's always subjective. It's always subjective. So somebody's opinion about how somebody's rhyming skills is is subjective. But I can I can be personal about it and say that you know lyricism is very important to me. And although Misty can hold her own as a total package, lyrically. I wasn't really drawn into what she was doing as hip hop or rap. She kind of 
you know, like I said earlier, had her own lane, her own flavor. And I loved it. It was silly. I mean, he, 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 how? I mean, that's silly. That's not. <laughs> but see how I just said it because it resonated with me. And I just love how she would just say silly stuff and fun stuff. And, you know, always talking to the ladies. And she was like more of a call and response type of rapper mm. and somebody who just wanted to engage everybody. She wanted to say the funny, catchy stuff so that you would repeat it. It wasn't necessarily about you. Her wanting her to touch you. What'd you say? I said, I put my thing down, flip it. Exactly. Like, what? And then play it backwards and have everybody Then play it backwards and then try to have people saying what she said backwards. Out loud. Sounding like idiots to not realize that it was, (laughs) I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. I put my thing down, flip it and reverse it. In reverse. In reverse. It was, right. it was the same thing. Like I forgot. I, I, I'm drawing a blank right now, but it was the same thing. Old, they did on Old Dirty's album with uh. Oh yes. Where they, oh where yeah, they put yeah, shimmy, yeah. shimmy, 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 uh, shimmy. Yeah. Shimmy. Yeah. Where they, where shimmy, they, shimmy, yeah. He did that. Right. When they 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 played that part in the reverse, it was what he was about to say the next line or what he said before, in reverse. Like mm-hmm. that's all she did. So yeah. Play on, play on little things like that. She was a great. Well, I think Missy understood at a very young age what music did for people and how, you know, she sang in the church choir. She was a, you know, a performer at a young age. And I think that she understood entertainment. And she didn't jump out saying, I'm a rapper. Like, that's not what Missy did. She just jumped out and said, this is me. And everybody liked that. I mean, from... From Timbaland to Aaliyah to don't forget the other groups that didn't like make it too far, but like um, Mista or um, Tweet. Remember Tweet? Well, Tweet was big to me. Like she, mm-hmm. she's still doing her thing, but she she was big to me. Or like okay. Nicole Ray, Ooh. or you know, like she really put her stamp on people that that she believed in. And that's clear from the type of music she put out. It wasn't about it being like strictly rap or strictly pop. It's that she believed in it and she believed that people would dance to it. Right. I'm going to agree with you like that. And like what you said before earlier, Dan, she really like created her own lane. So she really didn't come out as like a hip hop artist. She really came out more R&B from the jump and then had the hip hop element in that. when. I may maybe if you're talking like the group that she was in far before sister became, was it called sister? Yes, I believe it was sister. Yeah, if if you're talking yeah. like that far back, then I get it. But no, but even when she came out with "I Can't Stand the Rain," like just uh, again it, it, going into hip hop as as and look listening to her music as the sample based product that we all grew up with that we. Grew mm-hmm. up with. We grew up right. in the area of the heavy, heavy sample, and to hear that original played in that, it was just like, ooh, like me, I'm super fly, super, super fly. Like she was super, just, super fly, like, right? That, and then again, the the videos rhyming in the videos, and it, it she was absolutely hip hop. But what I I would say is what I would add is is just she just brought that added 
she brought an added element that wasn't going on that was like she was like right at the beginning stages of the shiny suit era million dollar video era mm-hmm. but she literally wasn't doing the well she was literally doing the shiny suit thing but let it be known like in a way like you said the question was was why don't we talk about her as one of the greatest rappers of all time? But she never actually put herself out there as one of the great rappers. She put herself out there as a great I entertainer. Yes, yeah, a full out performer. Like this is I could do it all. And have you and pretty much have you you know, just on my hook and pull you along on my string at any point in time. And she did that. She did that. Well, Missy didn't have to fight to be a feature. She was on her own stuff. So I think she enjoyed rapping. Um, I think that, um, and I'm, I'm digging deep into my Oprah bag, but I'm feeling like maybe at some point, because she has a beautiful singing voice, but I, mm-hmm. but I believe that she had some, some insecurities about, probably, probably bought on from the industry, not like her mm-hmm. own insecurities, but... Um, probably about part being due to oh, her look and stuff. Yeah, because she's not the traditional, you know. And let's be clear: the traditional look is not the is not a traditional woman. It's just a right, look. right. But but she knew that, and she was like, "Well, I'm gonna still go out there, but I'm gonna put my finger waves in, um, wear this baggy outfit, and most likely I'm gonna write it, I'm gonna produce it, and I'm gonna rap on it. But you can go ahead and be the pretty singing girl in the front." You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm good with being everything else but that. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. hating on anybody who wants yeah. to be yeah. there or even rap next to me or produce next to me. Like, I want to share this vibe with everybody. But it's yeah. mine. Just be clear. It's my vibe. She yeah. was definitely confident in her skin. Right. I, I feel that. Yeah. But uh, again, with her... I- you kind of just said some great things there that adds to that I can add to was the she kind of just always like exude besides being the all around creative great talent that she was she she also gave that aura of she would rather be behind the scenes type of person and and you've seen it in the work that she put out I mean you know what is it I'm looking at uh one two step from Ciara she did was it Ciara Yep, Ciara, one two step. Um, who else? Yeah, I mean, she she's wrote for so many people. She wrote for she wrote for Aaliyah one time, right? She wrote for let's see who else. Let's see if I can find. She wrote for people you can't even think of. Yeah, her producing credits or writing credits are tremendous. <laughs> Run off some names while I uh, while I look up uh, a list of uh, writers. That y'all know she wrote for. She definitely wrote for Genuine. She wrote for like Genuine, mostly yeah. half half her camp. Um, um, I believe she wrote. Uh, she wrote. She, she wrote, produced for more people like um, Little Kim. Um, who else? Oh gosh, I can't, I'm drawing a blank. I'm supposed to be prepared because I'm on the show. But, uh, I'm hosting the show and I'm still not <laughs> fully prepared. <laughs> anyway, Missy, but, if you're listening, we're getting it together. That's okay. <laughs> Five-time Grammy winner, winning singer, songwriter, producer, just uh, just 
I mean, uh, her her stock is just again. If, if you know what, it's mentioning the few names we mentioned is kind of good enough. Because to be honest with you, for what I'm looking over now is if we were to try to start mentioning, we wouldn't be able to finish the show. <laughs> I just put it like that: is we wouldn't be able to finish this podcast if we really read all of Missy Elliott's accolades. That, uh, yeah. that uh, it's it's just tremendous. And it's, again, it's, it's, I had the question. I had the question of why don't we look at her as one of the best rappers? But it, it's not necessary. Like when you, when you can write Aaliyah's one in a million, that's one. Which is one of the best, best arm. Yeah. When you yeah, write, that. That production, that whole thing is ridiculous. When you write 702, where my girl's at. Yeah, you don't really need to do nothing else. When you write with Jasmine, with Jasmine Sullivan, I need you bad. Jasmine Sullivan, that's who was on the tip of my tongue. She hooked her up. Mm-hmm. She hooked Jazz up a couple times. Yep. A couple, uh, couple, couple times. She wrote for Maya. Nicole Ray, Can We, SWV, mm. co-wrote and co-produced that with Timberland. So Gone for Monica. And that's just one of the hits for Monica. Yeah. Yeah, several hits for Monica. It's several hits for Monica. Monica. Like I said, man, it will be here the entire show. But we can't be here the entire show. Because this is the end. Give us two more. Give us two more. She no. produced for Whitney Houston and Beyonce there as well. Go. Two more. <laughs> I mean, that's legendary. <laughs> she worked with she worked with Total, um, TLC, SWV, Mary J. I mean, that list is really long. She said in an interview that people don't realize how many people she's produced or worked with behind the scenes that that people don't put out there. So I mean, I mean. The, those checks are getting cashed regardless. So Missy is doing fine. <laughs> exactly. She put herself in a position that I think she wanted to be in. I right. think that she wanted to be like the type of person that could still go to Walmart, even though she surpassed that. But like yeah, she yeah. didn't want the shine as much as she wanted to to shine her talent on other people and help yes. other people come up right. she seems like a very inclusive and just like you know every artist has their streak you know I'm not saying I don't know Missy and I'm sure she has her day but she just seems to be somebody anybody who can make music for people on so many opposite sides of the spectrum is an inclusive spirit because she could look at you and say I got something for you too you know what I mean and it works it mm-hmm. always works for the artist that she works with Yep, yep, definitely, definitely, definitely. And with work, our job is over. Summer, I, I, you know, I love you. You're great. You've been a great friend. Love you, too. Um, And, again, continued success with Ladies Love Hip Hop. Continued success with all work and the mentoring programs and all the other stuff that you're doing. Also, I'm, I might be drop. I'm not dropping something that you didn't just drop recently, but congratulations uh-huh. on your upcoming book that you uh, announced oh, thank on you. show. Uh, if you want to tell us about that real quick and then give all your social medias and stuff. 
Absolutely. So you can follow Ladies Love Hip Hop, L-A-D-I-E-S-L-U-V, Hip Hop on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my Instagram is I am Summer Willow, and that's S-U-M-M-E-R, Summer Willow. Um, and yes, yeah, so I am going to be launching an online class in April uh, for folks who have experienced any type of trauma or loss or transition and how to pretty much just do a 180. And, you know, I think that the phrase is, I know what I need to do. Everybody says that. And I, and I believe them that they know what they need to do, but they don't do it. You know, so I have some, you know, I've been through some things, but I've also achieved some things. And I'm writing this book along with my sister, Tamika Otis. And we are going to combine the book doing a 180 with the class and just help some people get unstuck and realize their dreams like we did for ourselves. So I'm really excited about it because I really like to pour it into people. And, um, you know, I didn't go through all this stuff in my life just to, to hold it in. It's for me to share and help other people, you know, reach what, whatever it is that they want to reach. So I'm excited about that. And hip hop is my love. Music is my love. So that, you know, goes hand in hand with um you know kind of just like having joy and and doing what you want to do so that was a sneak attack announcement because i i did so that's going to be number two that you got coming out of this year because the first one i heard that you gave shout outs to erica the brown girl you gave her oh that book <laughs> like the alcohol and fun and table book. <laughs> all right but the other but so, no, side so, note though, real quick before you get into that though, no, that other the other collaboration sounds like something necessary because you know I I personally went through the darkest of darkest places I've ever been in within the last I would say five to six months maybe a little longer so whoever gets help and seeks out sol- and finds solace out of what you and your sisters writing you know big ups to y'all for even for even doing that. Touching people with that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I think the book you heard about is coming out after this book, which is why I didn't, it's not even on my radar right now. But that's the one. I Hearts and Hangovers. <laughs> <laughs> Hearts and Hangovers. So I was a bartender for a million years, and I have all these recipes that I created, and I put bartending down for other things, but. I wanted to put that out there and give everybody all my little secrets and recipes. And it's going to be a beautiful coffee table book. And it's going to be comprised of anecdotal stories, um, beautiful layout, shots out to my crew, um, and then um, beautiful drink recipes. So that'll be out actually for Black Friday 2020. Nice. Can I get a recipe in there? The, the Hennessy with no ice, cold. <laughs> Is that a That's drink? It. It's cold? That's it. Just cold with no You know ice. what? <laughs> just, for that, just for that. I got you. Just for that. We got it. I'm serious. Like, well, not just that, but we got to come up with a real, like, slick, like, dumbass name for something simple and then just make up a nice, I'm funny in. story for something simple. Since you don't have it written yet, I think we can make <laughs> this out. No conversation necessary. Let's talk about it. We'll do that. We'll do that. TJ, final shout outs for you. Um, I'll give what first off, let me say big ups to our partner, JP, who, you know, he's only able to make the first half of the episode. Big ups to the homie, Jeff Wilson, also 
for coming on out of Chicago. Yes, Jeff Wilson is the brother of the legendary Benji Wilson. He was able to chop it up with us uh, tonight, talk about nice. a number of different things that went on in, in the city over the past couple weeks, you know, All-Star Weekend and all that good stuff. Plus, he had a couple of events that he was able to talk about. So big ups to those two brothers. TJ, you know what to do. Shout out to you, Summer. It was a pleasure meeting you this evening and, and your presence. And now, <clears throat> I know you have a platform. I'll definitely be supporting you 100%. Um, shout out to the fam and the Starting Five cast. Uh, the Mayor, Dan Deacons, for making this possible. And to all the listeners out there and our Facebook page and our IG page. Um, so, you know, we continue to provide good quality and content. And making things happen. So that's where I'm going to leave it at. Yes. And as always, always, y'all know where to check us out. The new website name, not too much different from the old one, but it's the starting five podcast.com. Find all our streaming platforms. All of our streaming platforms there. You can find our Instagram there. You can find our merch link. You can check out some of our older sponsors. Front page, as we said in the beginning of the show, look at the front page and click that Patreon and support us. Help us get our equipment better so we can get this damn chopper noise and sound like a fucking episode of MASH start. <laughs> no, nonetheless, I'm, I'm going to figure it out. I, I always find a way to figure this shit out for everybody. So again, Summer, thank you. And for everybody and thanks else for having me. Show, this is your boy, The Mayor. We say peace and we see y'all Peace. Peace.